another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. I've just been loving this series. Like, I'm so excited uh, about this whole topic. I love evangelism. I love the fact that we can be partnered with God to see people collide with Jesus. Um, and the reason I love it so much is really just because of what God's done in my own life. I, I feel like uh, if you can use the analogy of someone who, you know, was hungry and couldn't find food, but somebody directed me to the place where I could be fulfilled, where I was thirsty and, and I couldn't find anything that could quench my thirst, but somebody pointed me to a drink that actually fulfills me. And, and that's the reality of what we get to do um, with sharing Jesus with people. Uh, my message this morning is called Let It Be Known, uh, if you're taking notes. And uh, I love that the first week we spoke about bur- bursting the bubble. Pastor Nadi did an amazing job. And then last week, Pastor Paul shared around that the fact that our whole purpose in life is to know God, make Him known. I love this whole analogy around love, grace and truth. And I think if we can embrace that, we can go forward. And so this morning, I really want to just look at a, a few practical things that I've learned along the way. Um, I definitely haven't got it perfect uh, by any standard and I'm still learning, but I have uh, been someone who's just been so passionate about sharing Jesus with people and part of that journey I've failed heaps, um, I've messed it up, I've, I've been too, I guess, pushy and pressured and, but then other times I've, I've even just uh, stood back in fear, not wanting to step out, I've been like, what would they think of me or other times I've tried to sugarcoat it and be like, you know, just make it seem so palatable. Um, But I've learned a few things along the way that I want to share with us this morning. And and just off topic for a second, well, on topic, but in worship, I I was just standing there and I I don't have this planned, it's not in my notes, but I was sitting there and I just felt God speak to me. Um, And I just felt that God was even just speaking to us as a church that this series, it's not just another series, that in this series, we get to lean in. And if we would have that lean in expectation and go, God, what are you saying to me? I felt God say that we'd be able to hear his heart. God's heart is for people. God's heart is that people would come to know him. And I don't know if, you, if you're like me, but I look around the world these days and, and it's crazy. There's so much happening and there's so much brokenness and so much pain. And I, and I know that God's heart is breaking. God's heart's breaking to bring healing to people. God's heart's breaking to bring people out of a lost reality and to become found. And I know that we're part of the answer for that. So I just pray that we really carry that, that we really take a lean in, even in this season, be praying and saying, God, would you show me your heart in this whole reality? But two scriptures I love that we're going to preface uh, this message on is Mark 16, verse 15 to 18. And Jesus, this is Jesus' last words in Mark, and he, he says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Um, sometimes we see that word preach and we're like, I'm not a preacher. Um, I, I was like that when I was 18. But when you look at that word preach, it simply just means to make known um, a matter of conversation. Jesus says, Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but he does not believe will be condemned. These signs will follow those who believe that they will drive out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, um, they can drink deadly poison and it won't hurt them, and they'll lay their hands on the sick and they will get well. You're thankful that we carry supernatural authority. Romans 10 verse 13 to 15, and I read this as an 18-year-old and it broke my heart. And Paul speaking, he says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 
And everyone said, Amen. But how then can they call on the one who they, they haven't believed? How then can they believe in the one whom they haven't heard? How can they hear without someone preaching or making it known to them? And how can anyone make it known? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? And how it is, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news? And I think the reality, like the heart of this series, a matter of conversation, is not just about the what. We're not just we're not we're not we're not doing a series like this to go. The Bible says you have to do this, but really it's about the why. When you understand the why, to why we want to share our faith, it's really to see people engage with healing. It's to see people engage with exactly what we've engaged with. See people step into freedom. It's to see people be led by God into into an abundant life. Um, so we're going to get praying and uh, get into the message this morning. So God, I just thank you. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for what you're doing in our church. And God, right now, we just invite you into our midst. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to us, that you'd reveal your heart to us, God, that we would, we would get a heart, Lord, to bring up conversation, to see people, Lord, reached for you. And uh, just pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, have you ever been to a party? Raise a hand if you've been to a party. Most of us have. Um, anyone ever been to a party as a plus one? Okay, maybe just me. Um, when I was 15 years old, I, I transferred high schools. Um, the high school I was at was a private school, and I was basically always getting into trouble, not wearing my uniform correctly. It was one of those schools, tie, uh, leather shoes, blazer, the whole lot. It wasn't really the type of school for me at that point in my life. And uh, I remember getting called into the principal's office and the principal sitting me down and being like, Daniel, you know, we're, we've tried to talk to you. We've tried to help you. Look, we really think that it's best that you go somewhere else. And I'm like, no, nah, I love it here. Like, I've got heaps of friends. Like, it's mad. He's like, man, you don't even have your tie on now. I, every morning I see you, I tell you to put your tie on. You don't put it on. I go, I don't know how to do my tie, man. Um, and he's like, look, honestly, man, either you leave gracefully or we're going to show you the door. And I was like, oh, this is, this is pretty serious. Um, so I, I got transferred to this other school, which you could wear trackies at. It was honestly the best, like loved it. Um, and uh, it, it was in a completely different area. But uh, I, I went there and I didn't really know many people. I, I knew my cousin. Um, I knew uh, a good friend of mine who went there. But other than that, didn't know anyone. Uh, this school was in Essendon, if you know Essendon. Uh, it's an area close to here, and there was heaps of schools surrounded uh, around it, and there was everyone within Essendon knew each other at all the schools, and I remember, like, 15, you're going on 16, so if anyone can think back to that, it's like, sweet 16s are going on. Um, everyone's throwing a party when they hit 16, and I remember being like, man, I've got to get to one of these parties. So I've become friends with um, some of the guys at school, and I remember just, you know, waiting for an invite. Like, they'd all go on the weekend, they'd come back, tell me how good it was. And I finally got an invite to this party. And I'm like, sick, it was a dress-up party. I'm like, that's it, this is going to be good. I'm going to go as a tradie. I'm going to steal some of my dad's clothes. Didn't know I was going. So I went into my dad's closet, I took a singlet out, because we had to get the guns out. Um, went to my friend's house, parents were like, what are you doing tonight? I'm like, oh, we're going to go rent a blockbuster movie, and like hang out, sleep over. They're like, oh, sweet, it's good son, proud of you. Um, so we went over to his house, next minute, you know, we're straightening our fringes. 
Uh, we get the dry shampoo out just to get rid of that shine so it doesn't look like we've straightened it. Um, got this singlet on, I got the short stubbies on. I'm like, that's it, we're looking good. And so we start drowning ourselves in cologne, in aftershave. And uh, I'm looking at, and with my mate, I'm like, all right, we're ready to go. We're in the mirror for about three hours at this point. I know, everyone has a past. And, uh, and so we're there and he goes, all right, man, we've got one more thing to do. I go, what's that? He goes, we've got to hit, hit the dumbbells. I'm like, all right, sweet, is this what we do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got to get, make sure the guns get the pump going. So we jumped around the room, we got the dumbbells out, so we start doing a session on the arms. Then he hits the floor, he starts doing push-ups. I'm like, all right, let's go. I hit the floor, we're doing push-ups. And I'm excited, I'm like, yeah, we, you know, the muscles are feeling, feeling good, they look intense. Um, so we head to this party, and uh, I did not know anyone at this party. <laughs> so we rock up, it's a dress-up party, is your name on the list? Uh, his name was there, yeah, I got a plus one, and so I was his plus one. And so I come in, and all of a sudden, he's talking to everyone. Um, all these girls are coming up to him and saying hello, all these guys, and I'm just there, like, trying to act cool, trying to, you know, don't want to look desperate, don't want to try and... I'm his plus one, so I'm like, bro, come on, man, like, introduce me. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's all good, relax. He just keeps talking to people, talking to girls, and I'm like, what's going on here? It was the most awkward moment of my life, because for a couple of hours, I was just standing there, um, trying to look cool, you know, get the arm up, get the tents going. No one was talking to me, though, so... By the end of the night, I just started introducing myself to people and uh, made a few friends and ended up being part of that whole crew. But it's, it's interesting when, you, when you're someone's plus one and you're there and how awkward those moments can be. Um, looking back, I probably think he was just trying to not overpopulate the field. He was just going, let's just make sure there's one less competition here because uh, boys at 16, I don't need to say any more. But uh, I think a lot of the times in our own lives, we're going about life. And life, if you look at it like a party, we're going about life, we're connecting with people. Um, but we, we neglect very easily, I know this myself, to introduce our own friend. You see, as Christians, wherever we go, we've got a plus one that's hanging out with us. Every environment we hit, every friend we're hanging out with, when we go to maybe a family dinner, maybe we're in our work environments, maybe we're in the corporate world, we're in the tradie world, maybe we're in school or university, even in the nightclub, like wherever you go, if you're a Christian, Jesus is with you. And a lot of the time, I think opportunities just come and pass us by. And a lot of the time, we've got this plus one there that's just sitting there and he's like, yo, I'm just standing here, man. Introduce me. Like, I want to be part of the party. Um, and he's saying, like, come on, man. Like, just say my name. Say my name. Say my name. I, I, I'm, I told you guys I have a past. But um, I'm not talking about being weird about it. But I'm just talking about, hey, like, we've got Jesus with us wherever we go. And we don't need to say, hello, I'm Daniel. I love Jesus. Like... All right, but we can just engage in a matter of conversation. And along the way, God is going to give us opportunities to introduce our friend. You see, Jesus wants to come into our conversations. He wants to come into our environments, no matter where we are or where we find ourselves. It's not just a good idea, and it's definitely not for the select few, but we're being called and we're being mantled by God to bring Jesus into the world. 
Uh, I love Isaiah 61 verse 1. It says this, that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim, to make known, to bring out a conversation about the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim or make known the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Like how cool is that? That God is calling us to be a part of this. Provide for those who grieve in Zion. Bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Joy instead of mourning. I don't know about you, but I get excited when I read this. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called, the people that we're reaching, oaks of righteousness. Come on, sometimes we see people as they are. We see people that are broken and we see people that are maybe messed up and don't have it all together. But God sees them totally different. God sees the future that he has for them. And they... They will be a display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore places long devastated. They will renew the cities, ruined cities that they have devastated for generations. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work in your fields. You will be called priests of the Lord and named ministers of our God. And I love that part. Because if you understand the context of the New Testament... God has called us to be priests and ministers. And a lot of the time in our day and age, I grew up Italian. That whole word seems like someone who, you know, walks around um, with a dangling thing. I don't know what you call it, with smoke hanging out. And you're kind of like, they dress a bit different and a, you know, a little bit unapproachable at times. And I, I know that God, that actual word just means someone who bridges the gap between people who don't know God and God. It's just people who are willing to have a matter of conversation. So I want to get into a few practicals when it comes to a matter of conversation. The first thing I want to look at is we've got to be real. Like, we're, just, we're not perfect people. Um, just because we haven't been saved doesn't mean we've, we've reached a destination. We're on a journey. Um, I love the fact that when, when you're open with people and you're just transparent and humble, like, it actually brings down people's walls. It gives people an opportunity to go, you know what, man? I get that. I've been there. You're not actually someone who's trying to bring across a pretentious mask that all of a sudden you found Jesus and now you've got it all together. Like I get the reality that, you know, there's times when there's things that have been completely broken and shattered off our lives and God completely makes us new. But along the journey, we still go through stuff. Along the journey, we still make mistakes. Along the journey, we still mess up at times. And people need to see that Christians aren't perfect people, but they're per people that when they encounter the mess in their lives, they experience mercy. They're people that are forgiven. They're people that are being taken on a journey of, of being in a place of brokenness, but actually experiencing healing day by day. Um, another amazing uh, verse I want to look at is in John chapter 4. And uh, it's Jesus this whole reality of how Jesus is reaching someone, and I just love it. So if we go to John 4 verse 5, it says that Jesus came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus is thirsty and he's going to the well. And there came a woman of Samaria, to draw, and she was there to draw water. If you know the context of uh, Jewish history that in their day, like, you, would, you wouldn't go in the heat of the day to draw water, but she was there because she had a bit of a past. She was there because she didn't want to be seen. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. And the, and the verse goes on, and, and Jesus starts engaging. He has a matter of conversation with her. 
He says, if you knew who, who, who asks, is asking you for a drink, um, you, you would know that I've got living water. He basically starts to introduce himself as God. And she starts to be like, wow. And then he turns around and asks her about her, her past. And she puts up a mask and he says, yo, like your past actually has more in there. Because she's like, I've got one husband. And he's like, you've answered correctly, but you actually had five in the past. And the interesting thing is that God himself didn't condemn her for her past, but starts to bring breakthrough to her. And I love this because right at the end, in verse 29, after her encounter with Jesus, she goes back and she doesn't all of a sudden get an arrogance about her and stick her chest out and be like, no one, no one can condemn me because God doesn't condemn me. But she comes back and she goes, everyone, you've got to hear it. Come see a man. Come see a man who told me all the things I have done. Isn't this the Christ? And they went out and they were coming with, to him. And I love that reality because she was just real. She didn't go out and now, she, she didn't try and preach a 10 sermons uh, a, a gospel message. She didn't go out and, 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 and try and put out this pretentious reality. She didn't go out in arrogance, but she said, guys, you know my past. You know where I've been. You know my brokenness and you know my mistakes. But things have started to change for me. You've got to come meet this man. And that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us to be real. Because sometimes we project perfection. And people feel so far from that. And because they feel so far from that, we're never actually bridging the gap between people and God. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but recently Kanye West has come out and he's made an album called Jesus is King. Um, if you rewind it a little, a, a little bit back this year, a few months, he started doing these Sunday services where he was just calling a whole crew of people together to worship. And throughout this experience, he's been telling people that he's been encountering God and encountering his mercy. And, and what I love about it is um, in, in his conversations, I've listened to a few interviews, he's just real. Like he's raw and real. And he's not actually projecting perfection. He's not like, now I'm a Christian, um, I don't do anything anymore. He's like, yo, like I've still got these struggles. He talks about his, his addiction that he's been struggling with to pornography that started at the age of five on national television. I mean, this guy was a cultural icon who projected perfection, called himself a God, and now he's talking about the brokenness that he goes through. And it's become so attractive to people just because he's been real and raw. None of us have made it yet. So let's make sure that we show people what it's like to journey with Jesus. My point number two is this. Be ready. Ephesians 6 verse 15 says this. And with your feet fitted, have your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Um, if you can imagine this, this whole scripture is talking about the armor of God. But if you can imagine a shoe that you put on, I look at it like a brand new pair of Nikes that you get. Like when you get them, you don't just expect to just slot into them but you've got to open them up you've got to put them on you've got to fit yourself with them you've got to make sure you've got the right size you've got to tie them up and then you're ready to go and I kind of look at it like this like in every situation that we're in we get an opportunity to have an expectation and be ready so let's pray for opportunities prepare yourself equip yourself you know sometimes like we say we don't have the answers and we don't need to have all the answers but why don't we start to try and find some answers. Because if we have some answers, we're going to be equipped to be able to share where people exactly are. But at the same time, when we don't have the answers, the gospel is very simple. John 3.16, we all know it. it says, For God so loved the world, He gave His 
one and only Son, that whosoever should believe in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Like that is the gospel. That is the gospel. If we can equip ourselves beyond that, it's amazing. And we can become more effective. But simply, we've just got to share our story. And that verse would go a long way. But we need to be intentional with this. So let's be ready. My third point is this. It's be passionate. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And I love this because the gospel, it doesn't make bad people good. It actually brings dead people to life. A lot of people understand the gospel um, because it's painted by us sometimes as a thing that makes bad people good. And we paint this picture of a God that's interested in a life that we can present in a picture-perfect life rather than a God who wants to bring life to our broken hearts. But the message is life. The message is hope. It does bring us out of a life of sin, but it does so much more than that. It takes us who were once far off from God and brings us close. Those who were once lost become found. Those who are hopeless become, bring, it brings hope to our hearts. Those who were once broken, we start to be, have our lives mended. We were once alone, but we found the community. We were once anxious and in fear, but peace came into our hearts. Once we were blind in the dark, but it's brought light to our, our path. And, you know, really, once we were asleep, we were like the walking dead on our way to a lost eternity. Yet now we have woken up and we know that heaven is our home. We can see again. Come on, are you thankful for what Jesus has done in your life? And we've been loved with an everlasting love that never stops loving us. You know, how can we not be the most passionate people on this planet? When we carry this message, it's the most exciting and thrilling message of all time. 2,000 years of church history and people are still passionate about Jesus. That's got to say something. And as humans, I think we're attracted to passion. We were just in New Zealand on the weekend and uh, we we had this amazing men's event that we went to that Life hosted. um, And it was incredible. I encourage you to get there next year, guys. It was just Heaps of fun, like I was crying of laughter most of the time. It was an amazing God moments. But we're attracted to things that we're passionate about. And after the night, we went into town and we got something to eat with some of the boys. And, and everywhere you went, people were watching this game. And most of you would be familiar with the game that was happening on Friday night, but the All Blacks were playing. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, people are that passionate about coming third. Like, I'm not trying to be offensive. But I'm like, it amazed me. I was like, these people, the Kiwis, they're a passionate people. Would you agree? Um, You know, you you go to an AFL game and people are losing it. Like, I thought if Collingwood and Richmond happened, you know, just a couple months ago, that was going to be the craziest game ever because they're probably two of the most passionate teams out there. Um, You look in Europe and you look at soccer and it's crazy. People who are into their cars, people that like climbing mountains. We have a few people like that here. Um, people that love fashion, maybe you love business, but whatever you're passionate about, you can't shut up about it. You can't be quiet. You're just like, I've got to talk about this. I love it. Like, it's, it's incredible, and I think people are passionate about it. When people are passionate about things, sorry, you, you just get drawn to it. I've got friends who start to talk to me about something that I've never done before, and I'm like, sign me up. What are we doing? I just went snowboarding, like, a little while ago, never been before, absolutely smashed me, like came back bruised, battered, like the whole lot, but it was awesome because I was with passionate people. Um, my, my fourth point is this, is that let's be spirit-led. And I think this is one of the most important, important things we can be. 
Um, in Matthew and Mark, Mark's gospel, we see Jesus saying, go into all the world. But in Luke's gospel, this is the last conversation in Luke's gospel, we see uh, Jesus say this. And in Luke 24, 46, he says to them, he says, it's been written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. That repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name in all the nations, starting in Jerusalem. How incredible. We're in Australia 2,000 years later and it's happening this very day. You are witness of these things. And behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power on high. And I love this reality because you've got two Gospels that Jesus gives the instruction, the Great Commission. Come on, go. Come on, get out there. Come on, go reach people. You've got to be, you've got to be moving. The church isn't called to be a swamp. It's called to be a river. But then in Luke, he says, you've just got to wait for one thing. And it's the presence of the Holy Spirit. The reason we need the Holy Spirit and to be Spirit-led is that every person and every situation, it's different. It's unique. And it needs God's personal touch. The answer for, for one person may not be the answer for another. And sometimes we, we, we're like, oh, we've got this, you know, our three-point gospel all down pat. Um, I'm just going to hit them with it. And that was me like a few years ago. And what I realized is it wasn't sensitive to where people were at. Like the gospel is a gospel. I'm not saying we change the gospel by any measure. But what I'm saying is we've got to listen to the Holy Spirit and understand that he can lead us exactly to speak where that person's heart is at. You know, seven years ago, God rescued me and brought me home. But since then, I've seen a number of my friends um, and just different people I've come to know have met, met God. And some of these people are still on a journey that I'm believing for. Um, but that's what I've noticed every time, that every person is on a different journey and coming to a place where they will believe in Jesus. Every person has a different past and history they bring to the table. Every person suffers differently and has different pain. Every person has different questions. Every, every person as well has a journey that goes at a different rate. And this is why it's important for us to lean into the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, recently, just a story, I've, I've been working on a, on a, on a construction site um, I'm in that industry and I, I met this dude through actually a few sites and working with this one builder and I've gotten to become good friends with him. We connect on a whole bunch of levels and, and throughout just opening up my life, he started to ask questions and I was just real open about, sorry, um, about going to like places like Israel. He's like, what was it like? And I'm just open about my faith. To me, faith is just another part of my life. It's exactly like I love soccer, faith is the same. So I'm just, just letting him know about what I do and he's just got really interested and he's like, tell me about this and tell me about that and what were you like before and what's been cool is I've just been very transparent with him. I've been transparent with him about the journey a, a year ago, about the journey of being married, about the journey of working um, with my dad and brother, like just everything in life I've been transparent but I've also shown that God is there for me. God is leading me, God is directing me. And the amazing thing is, is that this guy's just started to open up his heart and his life to God. Um, to the point where it was probably a couple months ago, we're 17 stories up um, on a job. And he's like, man, he goes, this X, Y, and Z's happened in my life. And I'm feeling very, very anxious. Bro, can you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, 100% I'll pray for you, man. He's like, no, nah, right now. I'm like, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this. There's like 30 guys up here. But what I loved is that transparency, vulnerability, leaning into the voice of God, all of a sudden opened up his life. And he's like, I, wanna, I need prayer like right now. So we prayed for him and he felt peace come upon his heart. 
And even the most amazing thing is he's come here a couple of times, he's loved it, and God is continuing to draw him. But it's that reality of us just leaning into the whisper of God, going in and going, you know what, God, I don't want to, I don't want to say just a whole bunch of words for the sake of saying a whole bunch of words, but I want to be... I want to be in tune with what you're leading. I want to be in tune with where someone's at. And that's the, you know, that's this, the whole, I guess, amazing reality of the Holy Spirit is that He's there. He's there actually to partner with us. Like for us to overcome things in life, He's there for us, but He's not just there for us. He's there for those that are around us. He's there to bring healing to people. Like I love that, that scripture in, uh, that we read in Mark, that we actually are called to, to pray for people and to see sick people healed. We're called to see people come out of situations where they feel oppressed by darkness. And we've got a generation right now um, that is struggling so hard with mental illness, but we have an answer. We have an answer, Jesus. And he's not a Band-Aid. He's someone that wants to walk people through their trials, through their struggles, through their pain and bring them to a place of healing. So I just pray that like that we lean in, that we go, God, come on, like I don't want to do this in my own strength, but I want to have that lean in reality. So to top it off, like I guess my heart that I wanted to share is let's just be real. Let's be real people. Let's be ready. Let's have an expectation. Let's be passionate. Like, let's get, you know, I have times when I feel unpassionate, but I get, I get back on my knees and I say, God, I need your fire. God, I need your heart to burn within me. And let's most of all be led by the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.